Ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, leisure. Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa. And I'm Vicky. Oh my gosh, that's Vicky. How are you? It's been a year since you had this great debut on Ladies of Leisure, where we met the great Vicky, my coworker, my friend, and my crafty lady. And now you're back again. I am. After five, do I get a jacket? Like Saturday Night Live? Like Saturday Night Live? (laughs) Yeah, where they had the club. Who was it? Like John Goodman, Steve Martin, Tom Hanks, all those guys. Yeah, I will put myself in that that realm, but you know, it's a goal. We should at least have a badge or a sticker. We're crafty ladies. We should be able to make something. So yeah, (laughs) you are back again and I'm very excited. And we decided not to do a word of the week, but we decided instead to talk about how our leisure has changed in the time of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, but honestly, there have been some amazingly good things that have come out of COVIDing, right? Like, I don't know, Zoom (laughs) calls. (laughs) Right. Well, so what I have found is when I was asking people to be a guest on my podcast before people would be like, wait, I come to your house. I have a microphone and we sit down and we just look at each other. I was like, I know, doesn't it sound great and creepy all at the same time, but with now wine. I, them. <laughs> right. oh. I have to bribe them with wine. I'm like, come <laughs> over, you get wine. And now I just say, we are going to zoom and people are so used to zooming now that they're like, Oh yeah. Can I drink? I'm like, now I don't even have to offer wine. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, zoom is so weird because I hadn't really been looking at myself. A lot of times I'll talk on the phone for a while, but I never am really watching myself talk. And now I see so much of myself talking and I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, look forward to not doing this zoom stuff <laughs> in the future, but I have learned a lot about how I talk. Like, out of the left side of my mouth. <laughs> I see, I, I just see what other people are seeing. It's, it's been informative. I've learned, not that I like it, but. I, I I'm a hair tech. Weird. I knew that before because we had video teleconferences at work and I felt like mm-hmm. I would be that person that would run their hands through their hair, style it on top like a bouffant and look, Whoa. Like, knowing that everyone else is seen by the <laughs> And I'm like, mm, it's fine. It's fine. But I also realized it's because of the video teleconferences we did through work. I was used to treating people like humans on the other line because I would get feedback from our counterparts in other locations. Like, thanks for asking and making contact with the camera because often people are not making eye contact with the people in the cameras. Zoom has made this better because I feel like I now have four videos or I have you over on the side or something. So it's gotten a little bit better, I think, for the wider population. But yeah, I'm a hair toucher. I will like adjust myself. I'm like, oh, is the right side of my hair looking great? Okay, we'll, we'll fluff it out right now and then smile at the camera like I'm a model. I'm like, what am I doing? The mirror. What is interesting is I honestly had never noticed because I've been in a lot of meetings with you and I've never noticed that you were a hair toucher. I'm a nose itcher. If I do that, I don't know. I've never <laughs> yeah, noticed. Yeah, I itch my nose. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I think it's because of food sensitivities, honestly. <laughs> I think I'm I'm starting to become like really aware of all the different kinds of food sensitivities because now because everything we've been on the conservative side of like we're not eating out all that much at all and not even ordering in. You and I have talked about this. There's right. a spectrum of how people are handling this and we're more, I think, on the conservative side. And I, um, I am a very laissez-faire attitude, but I respect people like yourself. And I also love hearing about the experiments happening in your house. Oh, oh wait, so many experiments. Like the fact that we're not really eating salt right now, that's right. quite an experiment. Most recent one. I also remember, and this was probably on our last podcast, the potato-only diet. Oh, I did that. That was a Joe Rogan thing that Pat Pat considered. And I know someone else mentioned Joe Rogan, how like that podcast takes, it's a lot. Oh, my husband loves it. He's been, he's all over the place with Joe Rogan. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting guy. And the potato diet was discussed and there is probably no founding at all in any kind of science (laughs) at all, but I did it for three and a half days, I think, supporting my husband who was doing it. And I I had like a migraine. It was terrible. I was barely functioning. Like linear thought was, it went down the toilet the first day, just eating potatoes, no salt, no oil, just, yeah. But it was meant, it's meant to be like a restart because you cleanse for a couple of days. I don't like any of that stuff. What I found... Really, I'll try it. I'm like you. I'm like, oh yeah, let's give this a try. I love experiments. I'm like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. What, what you learn is that your body craves nutrients other than right. potassium <laughs> and potatoes or whatever it's in. But the lower sodium thing is quite interesting because you really realize how much your palate is adjusted to the amount of sodium you eat. It also makes food taste a lot better. So when food tastes not as good, you eat less of it. So that's basically a diet. <laughs> So I did a little bit of that because I had, I think I had read like people used too much sodium and I was like, oh, I must be one of those people. But if you make a lot of foods with just green beans that you buy like in a bag or something, and it's not like canned or something, there is no sodium there. So I was treating my whole family to these very bland vegetables and being like, why don't you love this bland vegetable? These are disgusting and they'll make you feel better. And it did not work. So now I'm on probably where most of us are on the sodium diet, where I just fling like salt into almost every dish. I'm like, oh, it just does taste better. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut so much sodium down. I mean, this is the reason why we did this experiment. I should start with the goal, right? The goal was to see- This wasn't a COVID experiment, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe it was because outside of COVID, we wouldn't have thought so much about this. (laughs) But, you know, if you consider food for fuel and you consider like how food makes you feel and also just like so much medication that's out there, like you you can bring your blood pressure down by taking all this medication, or, you know, you could recognize that you're a 40 year old human and you can try changing your food structure and what you eat and see if you can like be more in control and not have to rely on meds. And so we tried it. We got like this really cool Omron machine. Both Pat and I did it. Pat's blood pressure has come down 35 points. I mean, but that's That's a man that was like like on the top, the top number really, it was, it was like incredible. So like it, it was it was neat because we were seeing data from that Omron blood pressure scale support like hey the the food when it tastes less good 
(laughs) you're probably healthier. And then your palate does adjust so much so that when I cook chicken broth, like rice and chicken broth, chicken broth actually has quite a bit of sodium in it. When you cook chicken broth and rice, you realize how much better the rice tastes. (laughs) Whereas before, you know, I might have added like other salt products to that, even after chicken broth rice. So anyway, it's been interesting. We do those kinds of experiments here. Are you you still sneaking ice cream when everyone goes to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's ice cream or cheese. That's right. (laughs) That's why sodium is cheese. (laughs) So that was on my list was I was eating way less cheese during COVID. Really? Oh, way less cheese. That's congratulations. That's a great. So I, I'm definitely drinking more. That's definitely a thing. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done one versus the other, but for the cheese, (laughs) I associate more, it more with entertaining. And so I, and then also because I started doing Weight Watchers around March, if I just have like an eighth of a cup, so that's probably like just like a palm full, that is like, I think four or five points for oh. 30 a day. So I'm like, oh God. So that helps like calibrate it, but also I associate like great cheese with like sitting down with a group of friends and like sampling oh. And I haven't been able to invite people over it. So I haven't had cheese in my house. So we're opposites, Lisa, because I actually have been drinking far less, but I've totally kombucha right now. I'm just drinking kombucha. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I associate like drinking, you know, usually around lots of friends. However, I have had a couple of breaks from this. I did try uh, some kind of Cuervo in a bottle that had like, it was pre-mixed margarita. I just bought a bottle of with all of, and that was delicious. So I will say I have gotten more tipsy slash drunk trashed in the time of COVID. Yeah. Just because of like when you brought up the Cuervo, I had been looking at my cabinet of like hard liquor where I'm like, oh, we haven't used it so well. Let's do an experiment. And I made elderberry liqueur. What do you do with that? Right. I what do I do with vermouth when it's not in a martini? I clearly need to make something with it. And Alex has called mm. a couple of times, been like, do you actually understand this is pure grain alcohol? And <laughs> flavored it with a midge of lemon juice. I'm like, it's olive juice. And <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's another positive of COVID, right? There's no expectations that you're driving anywhere. So right. Where am I going? But you do socialize via Zoom, so you can just drink. But the negative is you can just drink. So. You can just drink. And then you end up waking up to children because both you and I have kids and do. they don't recognize that you are hungover and they don't respect. No, yeah. they do not. Yeah. And like Alex <laughs> has a far better understanding of what it takes to get drunk. And then he understood once what it feels like to be hungover around children and it's mm. terrible. And <laughs> it was papaya, I think I made like papaya mojitos, I think was what Whoa. I tried to do something. It was some crazy thing where I was like, I have a papaya because that was another COVID thing I was doing. I decided to spend more money on weird foods or quality foods or see if I could even tell the difference between quality and not quality foods. That's interesting. So I have 
We are spending more money because we're getting food delivered. Again, on the conservative scale, we're not going out, right? And so what we've done, we've tried Imperfect Foods, which has been pretty Oh, is that cool. where like eggplant that looks like an old lady's face melting? <laughs> yeah, or it's like five pounds. It's an eggplant that's five pounds, so no supermarket can sell it. So you order one eggplant, you get a five-pound eggplant. It's, not, it's actually kind of a nice service, but one of the major things we've learned is we you know, usually we'll get food at a farmer's market or we'll go shopping once a week. And now we have food delivery coming like every two to three days. We have an imperfect order on one day. We have like our farmer's market on another day. And so we found that we can like keep more produce in the house, fresh produce. And so we're eating a lot more fresh produce, which is because you have to go through it too. I have also had more fresh produce. I had to tailor my thinking to be like, okay, I will go to the store once a week but this is how much of produce I need now because now I have this many people at home. This is yeah. how much people will have. And then I've been trying to sneak lettuce into everything. I think I read an article where it was like, stop thinking that salad is that loser salad that you get. That's all veggies. They can have beans and cheese and macaroni and anything leftovers that you have, just throw it all in there. So now I'm, uh, I default to, oh, I put lettuce in anything. It's now a salad, even though it's mostly rice and beans and pork. <laughs> I've been putting kale in everything. <laughs> kale or spinach. It's just like, yeah, do it. <laughs> it's good stuff. I have decided to spend more money on wine to see if I could tell a difference. Oh, so I finally, I went through a big box of wine. Yeah. It was a Boda box. And so there are a couple things I was thinking like wine is something, another thing I usually do more socially. And it's cool when things taste different because there's like, you can talk about all the flavors that Psalm movie, those, that series of Psalm movies cracks me up like "Mm, rubber tubing and like, (laughs) you know, like all these, but like that Boda box actually tastes real good to me. (laughs) Well, so what I found is I, so I opened a bottle of like red that to me expensive was like over $10. I'm like, Oh, so fancy. And I would buy it. And I was like, sometimes I could tell. And then sometimes I really couldn't tell where I was like, this just kind of tastes like that canned wine I had when Slajana bought us a bunch of canned wines from 7-Eleven and it had (laughs) like flat taste where it's like, you would enjoy this if you were outside already drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you or as a spritzer. Yeah. 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 The only negative though with those boxes. So like, like the interesting thing with all these different wine flavors is, you know, they're coming from someplace and like the earth makes all these different flavors that are interesting again to talk about. But like those wine boxes and like those canned wines, they all have a lot of stabilizers in them. They have all this other gunk in them. And because I think people come to like a flavor and it, it, there's, there should be no expectation that a Boda box in 2017 would taste like the Boda box in 2018. But I think like they have a flavor and people want to depend on it. So like, I think, I think all these companies are putting all this extra stuff in these wines, but I have to admit like, it's super good. Well, and <laughs> I have pretty friend, cheap. like my friend Karen. She loves a good boxed wine because you can pour it whenever. And as a mom with newborn, you need to drink at the drop of a hat when naps happen all at the same time or with breastfeeding schedules and things. But (laughs) 
said, she has found some amazing boxed wines. Yeah. And I feel a little guilty admitting it, but I mean, it was pretty tasty. Right. And I do remember watching a, it's my old people show, CBS Morning Update. And they talked about how they, the ad. Wait, what? You, that is the old, how do you make time in your schedule? You watch that? Yeah. Like 90 (laughs) minutes on a Sunday morning. Here's the best part. Crack me up. When my kids are like super at their like most energy, I'm like, shh, this is mommy's show. You can talk during commercials. Like, and Alex helps me like enforce that rule so hard. It's like so supportive. (laughs) So anyway, they had a segment on where they talked about box wines and that box wines were making this like new shift to being cool and good instead of like the Zinfandel that I remember. I'm gonna out my mom. And dad, I remember there being a pink Zinfandel in our house fridge for the longest time. I mean, you put a little Sprite in that, you can drink it. (laughs) Well, I'm also of the opinion, like, I remember the people that we bought this house from, they opened up a bottle and they were like, oh, this isn't good. And then they poured it down the drain. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? They'll still get you drunk. Like, you put that to the side for sangria, right? That's what that's for. What do you think? Yes. Goals and mission here. Right. I, I was like, these people must be super rich. <laughs> <laughs> they just use, they use the wine bar for the actual dumping of wine. Who does that? I think it's just a meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you been, so you said you spent more money on imperfect veggies and other, oh, have you been spending so- more money on anything else? Uh, that's a good question. Well, we're saving a lot of money because we're being like, you know, we haven't taken trips. We have, I, right. I usually will take a bunch of kamikaze trips up to New York with Quinn um, just to go visit family. You have and kamikaze trips? I do because I tend to leave at like midnight. Oh, <laughs> like, oh I'm like, like 36 going, hour I'm trips. I imagine you're strung out. You're like, get in the car. We're driving to the horizon. <laughs> oh. Whatever state oh. you end up in, that's where we're I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I just like really, really fast, like, hey, let's let's just get up and go and also give dad like a break, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so that and just like not having Quinn in camp, you know, this summer, like we've just been saving a lot of money. So what we have been spending money on is we're going to put in a new kitchen, which has been kind of a lot of planning. I mean, we've been saying we're going to, so we've been saying we're going to do put in a new kitchen for about eight and a half years. So we're finally doing it. And you have a great house. You live in a very nice neighborhood, but oh, I do know so. that every time I've come over, the kitchen has come up with a stupid kitchen. Look at this layout. <laughs> this is a stupid layout. And <laughs> when, when, I, when I try to describe it to people, because I think like Alex has asked me, like, what's wrong with the kitchen? I was like, oh, God, describe it. I was like, because there's well, counters and weird spaces. It's like half a room and not half a room. And like, it's, it's, it's a really good description, actually. <laughs> weird yeah you know it's a great older house and the first time I walked in it and the two subsequent times I walked in it before we bought it I was like yep this kitchen will be the first thing we did and we didn't and I'm we didn't do that first these kitchens are expensive and I'm kind of glad because we lived with it for a while and really found out what we didn't like (laughs) just so many things for example our kitchen it's we live in a you know old older colonial house and it has five layers of linoleum. So the Roomba, which is our Whoa. cleaning. 
<laughs> five, at least five. It, it's it's an inch and a half thick. So you'll stub your toe on it or. You know, wow. like, yeah. Yeah. Because who knows? That's just the way they did it. So the Roomba can't even get up there because the Roomba perceives it as a full step. And the Roomba is, is an important part of our family and we want the Roomba to be happy. So we need to flatten that floor. So that's step number one. Then the other issue is all it has. It has like three doorway entrances. So the bearing wall is on one side and a non-bearing wall is on the other side between the dining room and the kitchen. And I'm sorry if this is boring, but all of those entrances are 28 inches wide except for one. And one is 30 inches wide. So getting when the refrigerator broke, getting a refrigerator in that space was complicated because it could only be 30 inches at like, you know, 30 inches wide at most. And then it had and we have like a peninsula island. It's a lunatic kitchen. It really is. And there's like stuff to look at everywhere. And yet I couldn't tell you what was there. Yeah, it's a mess. And it's like a lot of white. And anyway, you're, you're so, so we're tackling it. Yeah, we're going to demolish it. That's why we're going to tackle it. And what's awesome, the reason why the group that we're going with one one was because they came up with like a whole first floor demolition plan. And that sounds like even bigger. What are you nuts, Vicky? No, what was nuts was when Pat and I tried to do our bathroom on the first floor and we demolished it right around the first weekend in March. And then COVID happened. And, <laughs> and so you would think, oh, they had more time in the house. No, what that, because we're so busy with work when in school. And, and then the other thing was, we had ordered a vanity and then the vanity we got in, it was like two weeks into March and we were like, this vanity isn't going to really work here. And then the supply chain failed. And so oh. the vanities that we did want were all like on back order. <laughs> anyway, so the reason why this group won was because as they were talking through the plan, they're like, and then the wood will go all the way into the first floor bathroom. And I was like, wait, wait, what? You're doing our bathroom too? I like this plan. Let's talk. <laughs> Well, and I found that talking to a bunch of people, so I brought up Karen earlier, one of my friends, is putting in a retaining wall because they want a playground. Because why do they need a playground? They need to entertain their kids because playgrounds were open for a while. We are tackling a lot. We've had repair people come over like every other week or so to fix something in the house because we're trying to move out. And yeah. you mentioned painting and I'm just like, oh yeah, that was what I was doing for like an hour before this. So yeah, all the things. I don't envy you, man. And some of these projects are really satisfying. Like the last thing we painted, I think was one of the guest rooms and watching it be done is nice. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like so while I, I am oh, listening go ahead. to so many podcasts. Yeah. So I'm binging on, I think one of the things I've adopted in COVID is catching up on things that I forgot I loved. Oh, that's so a good my friend yeah, good job, wrote out like a list of things she was doing in, in COVID. It was like reading real books again. Yeah. And catching up on things. I was like, that's right. So like I went back to the office ladies podcast, which I love because it goes over every episode of the podcast. It goes into all these details about each episode and the office is like my feel good like place. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. But then <laughs> I, I didn't know that today, and I was like, I need something more educational. So I got onto this podcast. It's called the North Star, and oh. it was an anonymous named Tyler Cohen who was being interviewed by David Pirel. I'm gonna say, 
And he talked about like, why is he so productive? And he said, when you hear people talk, and this was the economist talking, when you hear people talk about being productive, they're being modest. They're not saying, oh, I gave up these things or I didn't mm. give up these things or I decided like, this is how, what I'm going to do. And I stuck to it. He's like, you'll often hear people. So like after talking to people like you over time, who have thrown it like in my face, like, no, you have energy that normal people don't have. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Oh, oh, yes, I do. Okay. Yes, you do. So, you know, I have like a laziness, like, factor on my spectrum, normal people would be like, no, true laziness would have been just sit in front of the TV and ignore that for the whole day. You at least got like one or two things done. So the economist was very entertaining to listen to. He's also at George Mason University right up the street. Hey, that's cool. He's managed to write a blog post every day for over 17 years. Oh, wow. wow. Right. It was nutty. And he was very open. He was like, yeah, I don't think people should be producing things because part of what is entertaining about what I write about is my blocks of unscheduled time. So sampling wow. ice cream is like <laughs> one of my favorite things. And talking to people that he agrees and disagrees. And this is something that like I see in my husband all the time. He'll listen to like Fox News and then MSNBC. He'll listen to something very liberal and very conservative. And to me, I'm like, oh, I can't even change my trajectory that fast. He can just absorb things that are very different opinions mm-hmm. and be like, I do agree with that. And that was what The Economist mentioned was like the main topic of his point if you're not changing your opinion over time, you've just decided to stay stagnant and that's where you stop learning. And I know you and myself and quite a few of our listeners are big fans of like learning and how do you keep adapting and doing social yourself. Right. So I was like, oh, that is true. If you don't listen to the other side, like all the time and be open to their point of view. And he said, you even start to sympathize and you're like, oh, that is why they think that way. That's, it's not because they're giant D-bags. He didn't use that word. I did. Obviously that's, <laughs> that. but yeah, you're right. I was binging a podcast. There was even one because you and I were talking about how we're going to entertain our children. Yeah. Now virtual learning is the thing. They were talking about the different types of play. One is more structured. So if you think of Legos, They talked about Legos when you just have free for all, you can build whatever you want and using your imagination is more creative. But when you followed the directions, you were learning a different way. And is like, this the outcome? You follow these steps, you're learning how to follow structured rules, and then you get to the end result. But they're two different types of learning and they're very different outcomes. I'm going to, I'm going to make a, I have a hypothesis. When you played with Legos when you were a kid, Lisa, I suspect you never followed any directions. Oh my gosh. So I would love to follow directions on something, but I was very willing to not look for more than 10 minutes for a piece because my parents gave us, me and my brother, a Lego room. It was a giant table that was probably six by six feet and just on two sawhorses. And there would be like, you know, the short Amazon boxes that are four inches deep. 
take the top off those. And they'd be like, oh, just throw your Legos into this. So cleanup was you put all the Legos into those boxes. So if I couldn't find a piece that went to instructions, we found a different piece. And what I found out was recently, so a lot of our Legos is in storage right now, but my kids have just gone into Legos because they are now at the age where they want to build crazy things. I would put together things according to the directions because they're like, I want a dinosaur. I want a plane. And I would do that. And then they'd immediately start taking it apart and making something different. And I was irritated for like a hot second because I was like, I just <laughs> they like fudged all those things. But I married a man who is Mr. Business from the Lego movie who wants no. to glue all of the pieces together and keep them like pristine. So like, it was so funny watching him because he's like, because I brought out some of his old Legos, which were like the medieval style Legos. And the kids immediately started changing the different pants and hands and all things. <laughs> like you had Star Wars meeting like Marvel meeting the other ones and carrying bow and arrows. And he was just like, guys, don't lose these. Do I need to glue these pieces? I was like, oh, it's uh. Mr. business. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you are right. I, I would have built something chaos. And my brother and I, when we wanted to reset, we were like, okay, we've we've done this theme for a while. Like maybe we did like British invasion of America for a little while. We would have oh. a hurricane come through, demolish everything, and then <laughs> so, yeah. So I didn't know that people follow directions for Legos until I was in my 20s. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Like, oh, you have those? <laughs> Who reads that? And because like one of my colleagues had built a X-Wing or some Star Wars something or other, whatever. I was like, that is a thing. Holy cow. You put that together. And, and then I was like, what are you, they have instructions or something? And he was like, yeah, Vicky, where was your childhood? I was like, I don't know. We had boxes of Legos and we just made like bridges and boats and towns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Nope. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Speaking of which, you yeah. are a fun person designing your new kitchen and coming oh. up with creative ways. How are you at design? Terrible. Oh okay. my gosh. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. No, this is so everything that I've said to the folks who are designing our kitchen, because I would, I basically just like, they give me couple of options. And I say, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. And sometimes I feel really confident about those choices. I was actually listening to Aikisha's podcast with you. And and I was working with her when she was like making some of those choices for her house. And it always surprises me when people are like, yes, I feel very strongly about one way or the other. Because what I feel very strongly about is what is going to be the easiest thing for me to clean. So for example, (laughs) they were like just the things I said to these folks were, I want flat cabinets. I don't know what they're called, but flat cabinets, no grooves. I mean, I know all those grooves make things look nice, but I need to be able to wipe this off. And then like no handles, but they need to be able to open really easily. So like tabs or something, and they translate all those words into real things. And I'm like, yeah, that'll work (laughs) flat for the Roomba we can't have a step anymore. Okay. Well then you're going to need a new floor. Then we need a new floor. Yes. <laughs> it was it, my design sense. I think it's always been kind of mishmash, I guess. I don't know. I'm, but I'm, usually it's like a, it's like your personal style, right? Like, I mean, sometimes there are some things that in your gut, you're like, 
oh yeah, I'm going to wear that scarf as a top. I did this in college. Wouldn't do it now. But still, I felt very confident and that was what I was going to do. Well, so again, when my friend Yvette, like said, reading real books, I remember from the Aikisha podcast, I was reading a slew of design books and she was like, yeah, the problem with people like us is we think we can read books and then become an expert. And I have three or four books now on design. I was like, nope, nope, just don't understand it. Nope, (laughs) nope. And I'm following the guidance that our realtor gave us on like paint schemes. And then I like stand back. I'm like, this is way better than what I chose for this house for the last 10 years. Yep. Solid choice. (laughs) You know, and this is there. There are people out there who are experts on it. So when I told our kitchen designer people, I was like, "I'm going to need a lot of help on how to make this look nice." You you give me some ideas. (laughs) And so I got I got this one book that was like five hundred dollar makeover because I love those makeover shows. And (laughs) put in a book, great these days because that's all I have time for is to like flip through a book and. They took these crazy ideas. So like one guy was like, hey, I want you to design a room around this painting of a tree growing out of organs. Like real. And like organ, like the piano organ or like organ, like your livers. Oh, liver. It's like a heart. Mm. And so Mm. you get the picture in the before and you're like, and it totally looks like a bachelor pad. Instead, they made it to be like a classy, like Dracula, like bedroom. On a budget of five hundred dollars, and they were like, "Wow, the the colors in this painting were red, black, and gray. It really worked out, and those are great contrasts." I was like, "That oh gosh, I would have had a meeting with." This. <laughs> let's discuss how no one wants to do in Dracula's bedroom. Oh, so let's get into the psychology here. <laughs> like, let's talk about this. Like, how old are you? Like, <laughs> who are you bringing? Bring in here. Your bed's not off the floor. You, oh no. That, yeah, that that's not Lady's Palace. So yeah, it's <laughs> funny. But then I moved on to okay, design is not my thing. So I read this book called Madame Chic, The Daily Connoisseur by Jennifer Scott, who's actually a Californian. And I both love this book and then in some ways, for the same reason that I'm like good friends with Slajana. I, I can't relate to it. And I want to know your perspective on this because I need perspective. I know my opinion's not like the actual norm. So a lot of like good principles because I was like, time of COVID, we're sitting around. I should just be enjoying moments. So like we are having a podcast in the middle of a really great storm. So before- It's amazing. I was like, let me get a glass of wine and just stare at the thunderstorm. You know, just so- all in. Beautiful. And some of the principles came out of that book where it was like, take time to chill out, you know, treat chores like dealing with your chateau, where as you do the chores, you're checking in with, does anything need repairs? Is that necessary? I was like, oh, well, now that I'm calling my house a chateau, (laughs) that is a whole new perspective. (laughs) Your house a chateau, Vicky. Holy cow! You know, I've never, I've never cleaned with the chateau perspective. Maybe that'll change things. Ah. The, the other problem was she, and it wasn't so much a problem. It was she was giving playlists at the end of every chapter where she was like, "Listen, you know, have a moment to yourself, have a signature drink." And I was like, "Have a signature drink? This yes, is comprehensive." Please. 
Right. I was like, I'm gonna, and I was like, I think my drink would include something sweet and then something crazy, like fireball vodka. And then she starts looking like by teas and the different types of teas and, and what you should have. And are you a milk person? I was like, Oh, oh. no, that's, that's, that's not at all what I was thinking. We're on different wavelengths. I think so <laughs> I, like, I heard there's a chai liquor, I think out there that could be is it, really is it good. Like, rum chata because that would be delicious that's that's delicious right let's make that my signature drink (laughs) because definitely not just chai tea off the bat (laughs) so i haven't cleaned that way you know what i i think though because i'm in the house so much more (laughs) i am (laughs) and and like i'm the type of person that really needs to get moving like i I get energy from going outside. I get energy from seeing other people. And so this has been challenging for me, but being in the house more and like engaging with the 28 inch doors, <laughs> like that, that really made me come to a decision way quicker. Like, no, we just got to knock this thing down. Um, so I think being there, the other thing is, is I've come to appreciate some new nooks in the house. Like, because I'm home with Quinn a lot more, we've like played a little differently. So we've made, we've used a sewing machine and made some clothes for our dolls. And now we've set up a sewing machine thing in our basement a little bit. Like, wow, there's, you. yeah, well, like, I love this idea of making, we've done a lot with Play-Doh. We kind of were in a Play-Doh phase for a while. So like making humans is going to make, uh, get us right back into Play-Doh, I'm pretty sure. But like she's an imagination player. We've talked about this before because so is John. Yeah. And like what she comes up with. Oh man. Then there's also the stuff that she gets fixated on. Like right now, she, this is a My Little Pony's phase. She's five. So it's to be expected. But We're into a big superhero phase. So I can totally imagine yeah. My Little Ponies. Yeah. And so that can get kind of tiring because, but the other thing is, is like, we wouldn't have had nearly as much time to spend together with her at five, Peppy and working all the time. And, and she's getting so much more sleep now too. I kind of, cause she used to be awake at like five thirty in the morning and Ooh, cause that oh. was kind of our day started and she was, an, she's an early riser. So it wasn't really even much of a deal, but now she sleeps comfortably. Today was like six, six thirty. <laughs> Sometimes I get seven out of her. That's really nice because I try to work out in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're you're a morning workout person. I am. I'm one of those people. Like, it's really nice to be able to run in the afternoon, but I usually don't get around to it. So if if I can get myself motivated out of bed, that's really the time to do it. And it wakes me up. I don't usually need like caffeine until about eight or nine. So I don't even need any caffeine to before a workout to get going. So wow, I'm impressed yeah. because I consider myself a morning person. I try to get like all the crap I need to get done in the morning, but I oh. wake up and the first thing I do is make a cup of coffee. And I have gone days without coffee and it really hasn't changed things. So it's more of a routine of things. Oh, gotcha. But I need something warm in the morning. And then I like this idea of having all of my deep thoughts. So when I've gone to work out, I feel like I'm almost wasting that time. Yeah. I tend to do, I read a book on this. So look at you talking about like a lady of leisure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was one of those books. It was a time management book. It was, you know, one of the things that I was able to do and counted as work time. Yeah. In addition to reading the dead hand, which is way more stressful to read about, honestly. (laughs) But the, the book was talking about like trying to structure your day around when you naturally are 
thinking in a thinking in certain ways. So I tend to be, I could, I'm at my most creative at night. Like when I think back to college and I had no pressure on me with any other like requirements, I wrote my papers pretty last minute, but also like pretty much 9 p.m. and on. And and I tend to get like a second wind. If I'm awake at midnight, I could be awake till three. Like it's not on the flip side though. And if I get, if I can structure it like myself and get up in the morning and get that workout in, then like I can tick off some of the, like the mandatory stuff I want to get done during the day. So I tend to like read a lot of email in the morning at work and try to like build my list. Cause I know in the afternoon, I, I know you get, you get like, le- you feel less productive around two o'clock. But yep. like, if I can get some time between two and five, I'm going to crank on some stuff, which I really wow, like to get done. Incredible. Yeah. That's it's, I think it's all, Oh, so the book was saying that a lot of this is due to your body rhythm and like, whether you're a night owl or if you're a morning person like, and it had a whole bunch of interesting stats in it. Why I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh, so I did. I didn't write down that name, but what I did write down before this podcast is something recently. What I've discovered is pasta grannies. <laughs> it's my new Zen space. <laughs> oh, I just discovered your new Zen space too. You go first. But, What's your pasta granny? So, so you know, we're not eating a lot of salt. We're not eating a lot of pasta, therefore, because you know, otherwise, just we have tried that lentil pasta. That's gross. Chickpea pasta is okay, but like. So- Carlene, who just was a guest host, she turned to me this week. She's like, my husband bought lentil pasta. She's like, the black bean pasta was already terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I like lentils. This just tastes like dried lentils dried up. It does not taste good. The chickpea pasta is pretty good. Like it can get by, but like, this is gross. But anyway, these pasta grannies are not doing anything with lentils. They're making full on, full flour deliciousness. And you just watch them roll it out. Thin and like they're all speaking Italian, and it's just like, and, you yeah. know, let's add some Parmesan, and it's like a gallon of Parmesan. Let's add some salt, and it's all <laughs> shaking salt like it's raining salt. It's, it's amazing and really relaxing to watch. And then, you know. <laughs> so, my relaxing thing to scroll through recently was based on Carlene and I going back and forth. So, Carlene and I are opposites in many ways, and then we fixate on like some random things. And we were trying out the, do you like this? Do you not like this game? And she sent me something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love this. Dollhouse miniatures. Oh, Quinn is really into this all of a sudden. She so wants to make I, these. Until two years ago, had a dollhouse. Whoa. Kept it mostly, you know, in the hopes that maybe like I could <laughs> have this crafty time with a girl and we would make crap. Lisa Frank style for this house and decorating <laughs> for print Aww. paper. But my mom bought me one. So like I'd had it since we were a kid. I remember we would go to craft fairs and I would constantly be drawn to crafters who made miniatures of things. And yeah. I just love miniaturized things. And then I became friends with these ladies. They called themselves the inedible jewelers and they would show up at crafty bastards and they made jewelry of like super small food. So oh, wow. Broccoli earrings. I bake in an egg ear. Oh, I've seen those. Right. So <laughs> I just am addicted to miniatures, but I honestly don't make them myself because what would I do with them? But I had told her that on my Instagram, I really like looking at people who are making stuff. And so I started getting rid of people who like just go on rants or just post pithy, like, 
You can do it. I know I can do it. Thank you. I don't (laughs) Instagram rainbow to tell me, but you like watching people create. I I like that too. I also love it when they go like fast forward because all that miniature work is very time intensive and I don't have the focus for that. I think it's fascinating because they really have to think through like what they're going to simplify to get it down or not simplify even like that. It is really amazing, but I've found myself watching people paint realistic pictures online. There's this amazing guy who paints like pictures in glass and you could, I think I sent you a couple links um, yes. and it looks so real and just like even, even watching people splatter paint, like just watching them create. I think that's, it's neat. Cause you're not actually seeing, usually you don't see the person doing it. You see their hands and you see like just the product that it's evolving. I love that. <laughs> So that that's been my newest addiction is like the dollhouse looking at that and and people making there's one guy he builds a tree house and the reason I call it a tree house is because it's in a you know those large planters you have inside that are like ferns or like something grows all over the place it's like ivy or something so he'll build something that looks like a tree house and then plant the ivy. So it grows all over and he's a prop designer. So he's doing this on a miniature level. So it looks like an elf is living in and then the ivy all around it. But he shows snippets of his process and everything. I was like, Oh my God, that's so great. So the other thing I sent you this picture that I was following Instagram and I downloaded the app. Carlene sent to me, it was chef club. Yeah. What is this? Tell me about this. I didn't. Yeah. It's just what you described. It's videos really fast and it shows you how to go through a recipe. And I find those somewhat deceiving because I'm like, wait a second. I just watched you do that. And it's not that easy. So the one I, (laughs) it was an octopus pizza and it was in their kids. Oh yes. Yes. You made that. It was so cool. You were disappointed with how it turned out. And I was just like, this is amazing. Your kids are so lucky. They're eating like an octopus thing. I appreciate that. And they, they didn't, well, they did know what was supposed to happen. So don't show your kids the video. I was hoping we could make it together and was giving me an octopus and they like octopi. So I was excited. The basic premise was you take pizza dough, two layers of pizza dough. One's a circle in the middle of the circle. You put cheese, like two cups of cheese, just cheese in the middle. And then along the sides, cut hot dogs in half. And then you put the second <laughs> dough down, but you put a straw at one side and then you tighten up all the edges around the hot dogs. You twist them. So like you now have a seal and the straw, you're supposed to be able to blow into it and blow up a air pocket around the cheese so that it's inflated and stays inflated. Here's my problem. That video and the instructions did not say how to keep it inflated. So I blew like a Momo for a good time <laughs> trying to keep it inflated. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. And I saw some of the people who posted their versions, their versions also didn't inflate. How are you keeping mm. that thing inflated? I don't know how you're keeping that thing inflated. I kind of wondered if they just made it with puff pastry, if you wouldn't have had to blow it into it at all. Like if it would have just puffed up itself and become a little bit more round. Cause it seemed like a hard shit to get the air to stay in. <laughs> it, 
And then the point was like, it blew up. So it had this giant air pocket. And when you cooked it, you cut off the top of the air pocket and then you had melted cheese, not bread that has been mooshed into cheese. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. it was delicious. I still ate it. Yeah, hot dogs and cheese and dough. Hot dogs and And so the kids ate the hot dogs because they looked like little octopus tentacles. (laughs) They had like really great ideas, like little bear and pot pies, but it was like bear pot pies. So if you're, they look like comfort food, and then they also had experiments that I think you'd be into, where it was like pineapple chicken on a stick, and they showed you how to cut it. I always think there's a trick. So there's probably some do that. Right. The videos are fast though. And they're beautiful to watch one. I think that I'm going to try to make this week. It's the, you know how you can cut an onion. So it's like the outside of an onion looks like a bowl. Yes. Mm -hmm. The rest of the onion, screw it, but like the outside, (laughs) wrap it in dough. Oh, uh and now it's like this onion bowl dough. And then you put mac and cheese in the middle and bake it. So then it's like a breaded onion mac and cheese bowl. Oh, yeah. that's a good plan. That did I would go like for that. Trick. Yeah, that seemed like it was like legit. There was also like sausage rosettes. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Strawberry rosettes, I've seen that. The carrot rosettes, yeah, radish rosettes. That's a man's best friend. <laughs> I mean, and mine. I love sauce. So good. Yes. I do. Were there any other weird things that you've been doing in COVID as part of your like leisurely activities? Because here's the thing. Me and you are on Zoom happy hours almost every week with a bunch of other ladies. It's been amazing. Yeah. I would never have been talking to these ladies so frequently except for COVID. And every yeah. time I'm on, I feel like you have something new, especially that just finished this week. So in the newest installation of when you might have a tiger mom, we, <laughs> we, you know, she's going into kindergarten, but she's a very smart kid. And I wanted to make sure that she was used to like virtual learning through the summer. Also just having some exposure because we didn't know what was going to happen this fall. Yeah. And so we had a friend of ours who I trust very well, much, <laughs> a friend of ours. And another friend of ours, people that we've been in this quarantining group with, so two of their kids are Quinn's age within two weeks of each other. And they were signing up for this Russian math group, Russian math class. And so, you know, you have like Kumon, you have or Kumon. There's like all these different ways for kids to get some extra exposure to math. And I, I always want, I want Quinn to feel real confident with math. Just, I think... She doesn't necessarily have to learn all the concepts. I just wanted to have some exposure. So we, we signed her up for this Russian math class. So if you think about like how you were in school, though, learning from a teacher with a strong accent isn't necessarily easy. So there was, so she's made some comments about like, I, I don't know what she's even saying, you know, that kind of thing. And the other thing is, is the kids sitting, it's, it's an hour and a half class and a lot of the other Zoom classes Quinn sat through last year in pre-K were um, like 45, 50 minutes max. And Quinn has an amazing, I think like she's pretty good with like sitting in front of a Zoom for quite a while and actually still paying attention. 
better than her mom probably but but an hour and 30 minutes for math class they break up the class with a lot of like the floor is lava and some dancing like three or four times she did get exposed to some like math concepts that are probably things that get taught later on like she understands greater than a less than because they were talking about an alligator eating big numbers versus smaller numbers like they they did some like kind of neat things that they exposed them to patterns which things that she had seen as a pre-kayer too, but like these were a little bit more complex patterns, like, you know, multiple levels of patterns. Like if this changes and something inside changes, what happens here? So she, she did, it was kind of cool. We are probably not going to sign her up for it in the fall. And I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it either. It was good because she was there with two of her buddies online and I wanted her to stay connected with them. But like school online is so different than school. <laughs> it so uh, is. But I think, my friends. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I think you were right. Like just the attention span. I'm like, oh god, that sounds forever. An hour and thirty minutes. I mean, like most meetings shouldn't last more than forty five minutes because, like, what are you saying anyway? <laughs> so, it math now by Russian. And, yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of a cool program. Apparently, it was started many years ago by some Russian emigres who came to Boston, and there's like a lot of different classes that they teach. There's like a chess thing, there's science, there's coding, you know, this math class was something that like, like, yeah, let's, let's check it out. We probably won't go forward with it because, you know, she's going to be in school this fall. And I think she gets a lot of structured time already. She has to be so structured because we have to get work done. So I would just love her to have a little bit more on structured time. She, I mean, she's kept up with her piano lessons. Like this kid is <laughs> like scheduled. And so I wanted to have that, to have a little bit more free time. So we're probably not going to enroll her this fall. Cause again, it's like twice a week, you know, the yeah. other thing we've been doing is with her is tennis and I've never played tennis. Like Pat and I bought a racket and we are, both of us bought rackets. We are equally terrible. And it's fun. So tennis is fun. She's taking tennis. She's schooling us there. <laughs> that was a new thing. There's a, I don't know. What's some other new things we've been doing? Um, badminton. Oh my God. You so inspired me to get a cheapo, a loser, super loser badminton set. I don't know that my boys are into it because they saw it and they get more into birdie. birdie. They were like, oh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're more <laughs> into you. And I also got that high lie. You know how you catch the balls with the little hook? Uh-huh. So they were more like, these are weapons. This is a Maui house. <laughs> yes. And then they were like, I now have two. And they took the badminton paddles and they're like, I now have two weapons. These net catchers. I was like, well, I enjoy your imagination, but everything's not a weapon, but you are a boy. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. But it's like when you mentioned the Russian math, we don't have real math class, but in the mornings, <laughs> I asked the boys, we switch YouTube videos. So you're allowed to watch a YouTube video for 10 minutes. And then it's the next kid's turn. And we watch a lot of Russians showing really? like Queen. Oh yeah. I heard about this in one of your podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Alex is like, what is going on? Right. Woke well, up early. And, and then this new thing happened where now they want to watch the mom and the son talk about different transformers in Russian. And they're like, yeah, Whoa. well, and I'm like, are we, do you know what they're saying? And then <laughs> Optimus Prime to a water park. And they're like, 
talking a lot in Russian. I have no idea what's going on. It's not like actions speak louder than words. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> well, so, you know, maybe a different a approach to learning. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're like natural with languages. Maybe you got to throw like Peppa Pig on in Russian or something. I'm sure they have it. Quinn was watching it in French. Yeah, we, so Quinn is actually pretty into number blocks. Have you watched the, I love that. That number blocks shows. Yeah, YouTube. Is that like Kiko and the Wonder Beast? Because that's what we're into right now. <laughs> I don't know. She's watching like number blocks. She watched alpha blocks for a while with making words. Those are, uh-huh. these are things she watches during the day when we're trying to like make sure that there's some educational things. But it has to be like, you know, engaging enough so that we can have some form of linear conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we understand. Yeah. well this has been lovely thank you for one agreeing to be back on the podcast because (laughs) it's round two for you we'll make we'll get you a sticker at least and (laughs) at least a frank one (laughs) right and giving us a little introspective into the life the new normal of what is leisuring when you're a mom and you're working and you got all the things happening yeah (laughs) <laughs> and it's okay. Everything is okay. It's going to be You're fine. Doing great. You're doing great. Great. And <laughs> you know, as a listener to LOL, how we like to end. I do. All I'm right. Ready. Are you ready? I am. LOL. L-O-L. L-O-L.